Snapper, just a couple blocks from the Snap Judgment underground lair, is Oakland's beautiful Lake Merritt. And if you live on the internet as much as I have, then you've probably heard of Lake Merritt. Maybe you've seen the video of the jogger throwing a homeless man's possessions in the lake. Stop taking his stuff. Or maybe you've heard about Barbecue Becky. She's the white lady who called the cops on a black family for the crime of barbecuing at the lake. No, you cannot have an station. Yeah. Sometimes things can get crazy, but the thing is, the lake is supposed to be our sanctuary. I live a block from the lake. I walk to the lake every day. I see people from all walks of life who gather here to exercise, to eat, relax. Everyone's supposed to be welcome. The place is Oakland's living room. Every time someone messes that up, I feel it. We all feel it. So today on Snap Judgment, we probably present Talk of the Town. Amazing stories from people who might not be seeking the spotlight. My name is Lynn Washington. Please, don't call the cops on me. I'm just minding my own business. When you're listening, listen. The Snap Judgment. going to kick off with a story from right here in Oakland, down the street at the offices of a local newspaper. At the time, Tamerlan Drummond was a reporter for the East Bay Times. Snap judgment. sitting at my desk at my office in downtown Oakland and my editor walks over and says do you know somebody named Willie and I said Willie and she said yeah this guy named Willie he used to be a salesman up at Lake Merritt and I said no no I don't know him and she said well he apparently died and there's this big memorial that people have erected to him up at the lake can you go with the photographer and check it out so I jumped in my car and went up to the lake and I saw all of these pictures of Willie, who was this, you know, African-American man. I figured maybe he was, I don't know, 60-ish, kind of scraggly beard. And I realized this is the guy that I used to see when I was walking the lake, but I had never actually spoken to him, but I remembered him. Willie was a fixture at the lake. All the regulars knew his name, and he was always there, underneath some arches, across from the Catholic church down at the lake's south end. I mean, he was like meticulous. I mean, he was like a decorator. And he would lay out this little blanket and he would arrange his wares just so. And you could buy shoes, he would have jewelry, you know, different little bracelets. I mean, all kinds, you just never knew what he was gonna have there. He really was like the greeter of Lake Merritt. That was one of the things that made him so popular. My man, Willie, the hustler. That's my partner. That's my partner. This is Rico. He rides a bike with a huge speaker box attached to the front. Every day for four years, Rico would ride his bike with the oldies blasting from his speakers and meet up with Willie for lunch. 
I usually come about, oh, 12, 30, 1 o'clock. I would go over there and have my grapes and cheesettes. Yeah, mix all that together in my little salads that I buy from Safeway. And uh, I usually bring Willie one. After lunch, they would sit out for the rest of the day, listening to music and clapping along. It's what they were doing the night before Willie disappeared. I left at 6 o'clock like I always do. I said, man, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. By 1 o'clock, God spared my life. He said, all right, Rick, all right. So next day I came up back about 2 o'clock. And uh, no Willie. Rico thought about all the places Willie could be. The day before, he had something eating on his skin. And he kept itching. I said, man, you got to go to the doctor. And about 1 o'clock, Richard came through. I the buddy. He came through with the poodles. And man, he had tears in his eyes. Have you seen Willie? Poodle? Yeah, she's a poodle mix. This is Richard with the poodle. You know, I know his schedule. <laughs> the only time he would be gone is if he was sick and had to go to the doctor. And I had this bad feeling. I said, oh, no, he probably just, you know. And then the second day, I said, holy. And then the third day, it's just like, do you know where Willie is? No, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody camping out now. People come out the woodwork. Some people I've never even seen before. People with tears in their eyes. Where's Willie? Have you seen Willie? One of those people was Anna Lee Allen. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> and she used to stop by and chat with Willie every Friday morning with her walking group. And when they noticed Willie was gone? Well, what happened was um, after a couple of weeks, one of the uh, people in our group uh, brought a poster out and some flowers and set up a little memorial to him kind of memorial pictures to Willie and different comments. Willie, we miss you. I, I hadn't been walking this that long, but I knew that he was um, a, a, a standhold here for people. <laughs> you always, you know, thought about Willie when you went by. Pretty soon, more people added posters and flowers, and Willie's memorial just kept growing. By the time Tamerlan got there, all kinds of stuff was spilling out from Willie's corner at the lake. People have left teddy bears and they've left uh, pictures of Willie posing with their poodles. And people have written these, you know, elaborate poems and, you know, R.I.P. Willie and Willie, you know, the Lake Merritt ambassador, we miss you, go with the ancestors. It was just all these like urban rumors. There's no way. There's no way he could be dead. Hi, Willie. We miss you already. We wish you were here, but we know you're in a much better place. Uh, Willie is like the spirit of this beautiful temple called Lake Marin. All these people were so worked up over this guy, and they did, most of them didn't even know his name. The ones who knew his name only knew him by Willie. And one uh, young woman actually said to me, she said, you know, Willie was kind of a sign of familiarity 
in Oakland, which, you know, people are very nervous about gentrification and all these things that are changing. As Tamerlan moved through the crowd interviewing Willie's mourners, she heard stories and saw all kinds of photos of him. And people, they could tell her what they remembered about Willie, but no one could tell her what exactly happened to Willie. This was something that was sort of nagging in the back of my mind as a journalist. Tamerlan got in her car and headed back to the office to do some investigating. First, she reached out to the coroner to see if they had a body that fit Willie's description. African-American male, somewhere between 5'5 and 5'8, with a salt and pepper beard. And they didn't have a body. The police didn't have any kind of police report. And so I thought, well... Tamerlan's deadline was fast approaching, but she still was at square one. She didn't know what happened to Willie, and she didn't even know his last name. So she decided to write everything she knew. The headline of her article read, Death of Lake Merritt Mystery Man Causes an Unusual Outpouring. The paper ran the story the next morning, and when Tamerlan got to work, she had a new voicemail. And it's from this lady named Pamela Turner. Pamela said she knew what happened to Willie. She left her number for Tamerlan. This could be finally the break in the case as to, like, what's happened to Willie. So I was like, whoa, I got to get to this woman right away. I mean, I was like, you know, super excited. So I immediately call her. I was actually driving to work that morning. Around 5 in the morning, Pamela Turner was driving on Lakeshore Avenue when all of a sudden she saw a woman approaching her car, waving her hands and trying to get her attention. So Pamela slowed down to see what was going on. And I saw a man lying on the ground. Something just told me to pull over. So I pulled over and I asked her, I said, ma'am, are you okay? She said, I think this guy need help. The woman heard someone calling for help from her apartment. When she looked out the window, she saw a man with his arms around Willie's neck taking him down. Another one had his bike. They were robbing him. The woman ran downstairs and found Willie all alone on the ground. I went up to him and I said, are you okay, sir? And he really couldn't speak. He was just pointing towards his throat. And he was like, I can't breathe. It's hard for me to breathe. It feel like, you know, I'm, can't, like I'm passing out, like I can't breathe. And he was like, don't leave me. Just don't leave me. Pamela called 911. The dispatcher told her to lay him down on his side. But when he lay down on his side, it seemed like he got worse. He started like really gasping for air. And then he was like almost like hitting his chest. And then like his eyes started rolling in his head. And then like everything just went quiet, silent. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And she looked at me, she said, did he die? Did we lose him? And I was going, sir. Sir, sir. And then, you know, we was like touching him and kind of shaking him. And then foam started coming out of his mouth. By this time, it's like 530 in the morning. It's freezing cold out. So I, um, we both took our jackets off, you know, to cover him because he didn't have on anything. And he was probably like 120 pounds. Pamela and the other woman waited for the paramedics to arrive. They watched as they whisked him into the ambulance and off to the hospital. Still shaken, Pamela made her way to work, and on her lunch break, she snuck away to the bathroom to call the county hospital. They wouldn't share any information about the man's condition, 
She wasn't family. But still, Pamela called the hospital every day. A month went by. That's when Pamela read Tamerlan's article. She recognized the picture of Willie and decided she had to reach out. At that point, Tamerlan still didn't know Willie's last name. And Pamela was the one who gave it to her. Finally, Willie Ellis. I said, it cannot possibly be that this man is still alive after all this time and these people think that he's dead. Tamerlan made some phone calls, and she managed to track Willie down pretty fast. The county moved him outside of Oakland to a hospital that provided therapy and nursing care. Once she got an address, she hopped in her car and drove over there. So my heart at this point is going, boom, boom, boom. Like, oh, no, I'm, I'm almost there, I'm almost there. And then I start walking down the hallways, and as I'm approaching what I think is the room where they told me Willie Ellis is, there's a woman nurse sitting right outside the door, and she's on one of those computers, you know, that they're typing in. And so as I approach, I kind of peer in, and then all of a sudden, I catch a glimpse, like a quick glimpse, of this man in this hospital coat. And I look, and I can see from the hair, you know, the kind of scraggly fro, and, you know, he's kind of salt and pepper, slight little guy. I'm like, that is Willie! So I kind of sidle up to the bed, you know, and pull up a chair and sit down. I said, hi, Willie. I'm Tamerlan Drummond. I'm a reporter with the East Bay Times. I said, I am so surprised to find you here. You know, everybody thinks you're dead. And I pulled out my phone because I had taken some pictures from the memorial. And I started showing him the pictures of the poems and the flowers and all these things. And he just burst into tears. The man who Tamerlan saw in the hospital bed that afternoon seemed far from the charming salesman who she remembered at the lake. It was Willie, but the injuries from the robbery were bad. He suffered from shaking spells that lasted for days on end. And I just felt so terrible for the poor thing, you know. And I was just kind of trying to rub his back and hug him. And he just kept bawling and bawling and bawling. Willie's cell phone and laptop were stolen in the robbery. He couldn't get a hold of Richard or Rico or anyone to let them know where he was. He was helpless. So after her visit, Tamerlan rushed back to the office and posted a quick article online. Oakland Mystery. Lake Merritt's Willie not dead, but recovering from brutal assault. For the last several weeks, people have been coming to Lake Merritt in droves, leaving touching tributes to a mystery street salesman who was a longtime fixture at Lake Merritt. And whoever put that on the wall, they were right. I died twice and came back. Here's Willie from the hospital. When I first got here, I couldn't walk at all. They used to come get me out the bed, put me in my wheelchair, and put me up on 
the boss so I can hold myself up. When Willie was on those bars in physical therapy, he would think about Richard and Rico and getting back to the lake. That was his motivation. And as soon as they read Tamerlan's article, Richard and Rico rushed to see Willie. A few weeks later, Richard checked Willie out of the hospital for the day. He folded Willie's wheelchair into his compact SUV and brought him to his old spot at the lake. Everyone was happy to see him. You gain weight. You look so handsome. Yes, it's Oh, you look like a Maiwadala now. Wow, look at that arms, boy. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank the Lord. Getting too much loving over here. Fat juicy. Fat juicy. How you doing, Will? What's up, boy? You get them beans? Doctor got me on a diet now. Eating all that sugar and drinking them soda. How many friends can you just know they're going to be there? And just, there's no expectation. You just show up. You don't even have to go into a house. You know, his house is right there. Every day. And he listens to, you know, there's a lot of people. Kind of like church, I guess. The Church of Willie. I guess I had a dream when I found him that he would somehow, someday be back up there, but it ain't gonna happen. He's too, he's too, I knew he's gonna get old anyway, but he's too injured right now, so. Richard helped Willie get a hold of his social security number so that he could receive government benefits. Someone else set up a GoFundMe. His church bought him clothes and Rico would bring him a plate of soul food at the hospital when he could. Man, my hopes for Willie is that Willie do what he want to do. When I hear he's home, he like living outside. Well, I don't know, man. You know, I'm still not going to ask. He's comfortable for doing what he do, you know. And as long as he's comfortable, I'm comfortable. I ain't asking no more questions. Why not are you asking questions? Why should I, I mean, shoot, we've been knowing each other for seven years. Why should I start changing up right now? Talking about, hey, man, who is you, man? Where you from? You know, everything else he got covered. He's a hustler. And I know he can't wait to get back in business, but he's, uh, he needs a little bit more work done. People were so touched by the loss of this guy that they never even knew. And I wondered, you know, why did they feel this level of caring for this person, but yet the homeless person who's out collecting cans, people just like walk by and they just like sort of consider them to be like a scourge on society. But that Willie was no different from the person who was collecting the cans, their circumstances are very similar. What would you say the biggest difference between your life before you were in the hospital was to compared to now? It's like hell now. My life was good, very good. 
It's been two years since the robbery and since Willie disappeared from his corner at the lake. He's still at the hospital where Tamerlan found him. They used to tell me you can either walk or you can sit in that wheelchair mm. for the rest of my life. I told him I want to walk. And how many months did it take you to walk? It took me about nine months. They both told me, you got a strong determination. Willie's balance is good, but still shaky. He walks the perimeter of the hospital most mornings, unsure when he'll leave or where he's going next. Do you think you'll ever sell? Again, sell um, antiques and trinkets over there again? Yeah, I think I'll be able to once I get this shaking under control and get the right type of medicine. I can do it now. I just have a shaking problem. Special shout out as well to Pamela Turner, Rico Garcia, Richard Bell, Annalie Allen, and the Friday Walking Group. And a special thanks to Willie Ellis. Brother, we hope you make it back to the lake one day. The original score for that piece was by Renzo Gorio, and it was produced by Adiza Egan. that time but know this if you miss even a moment we've got your back hours of full snap episodes available right now wherever you get your podcast amazing stories let someone know snapjudgment.org and we are so excited because this august we're dropping an all-new season of the crazy hit podcast spooked real stories from real people battling the forces of the night Bands, baby, bands. Spookpodcast.org. Snap Judgment is produced by the team that would never tell anybody about your secret affair. Please give your undivided attention to the man driving the bus, the Uber producer, Mr. Mark Ristich. Pat Massey Miller, Here's No Evil. Anna Sussman, Sees No Evil. Renzo Gorio, Digs Evil. Adiza, Street Festival Egan, Nancy, Tea Time Lopez, Don't Hack Liz Mack, The Upside Down, Eliza Smith, Right Side Up, Taylor Cott, Erica Lance, Has Powers, John Facile Does Not, Leon, Karaoke, Morimocho, and Jasmine Aguilera, She Wonders. Now, in 
case there's any confusion about this being the news, let me assure you that this is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, you could paint a beautiful picture on top of someone else's beautiful picture and hide it behind an ugly picture, good thinking, and you would still, still not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is WNYC. WNYC.